Welcome to Writers on the Beat, where crime writers meet crime fighters. I'm your host, Gavin Reese, and I'm proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Unlike the vast majority of my interviews, this episode was recorded in person at the 2019 Thriller Fest conference at New York City's Grand Hyatt at Grand Central Station. Enjoy. And coming back to you live from Thriller Fest, uh, or live for now, you guys won't hear this live, but uh, sitting with uh, Joe Clifford. Uh, after spending the 1990s as a homeless heroin addict in San Francisco, Joe Clifford got off the streets and turned his life around. He earned his MFA from Florida International University in 2008 before returning to the Bay Area where he currently lives with his wife and two sons. His autobiographical novel, Junkie Love, chronicles his battle with drugs and was published by Battered Suitcase in 2010. Joe's latest book is the fifth in his current series called Rag and Bone, and we're incredibly uh, grateful that you've decided to come in and, and spend some time with us, Joe, even if you, you were leveraged by Pam to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. No, yeah, Pam, Pam told me I had to be here. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> like, I teach you. Like, you show up. All right, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah she she carries a lot of weight, man. You know, she's she's hitting way outside her weight class. No, she, Pam Stack has been one of my biggest advocates uh, from day one. Uh, she's a dear friend. Uh, I love her deeply, and she's uh, she's she's been uh, just an advocate since since I started writing. And so, anything Pam wants me to do, if she wants me to murder. I'll. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's t- time to get the shovel. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. She, if Pam wants me to kill somebody. There's going to be a damn good reason she wants me to kill somebody. And I'd, I'd have to do it for. Her. Yeah. No. That's it's. I think you have to have those kind of friends in life. You know, the ones that are going to show up, no questions asked, and, and help you with whatever's needed. Yeah. You so know, she's she's one. So I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry to miss her this time, but uh, I'll, yeah. I hope I hope you got your voucher, Connor, or, or uh, you know somewhere else yeah absolutely um so you know from from my background is uh working as a as a cop and especially working in in the time that i spent in narcotics like i am absolutely just totally amazed with your story man and the the turnaround that you made in your life to get from where you were to where you are is absolutely phenomenal you know and, you know what always amazes me seriously every time i sit down with somebody who used to be a cop or something like yeah here we are, we're sitting here, right? Like you just give me some macaroons. Very kind of you. Like, <laughs> yeah. like 10, 15 years ago, like you very well could have been slamming me against the car and rightly so, cause I was a criminal doing bad things, but it's always like, and then we, and now here we are, we're just people. This, yeah, yeah, people. But yeah. it's, it's, it's weird because you know, you live that way and you're on the other side of the line. I was telling a story last week and, and uh, we had, a, we have some house guests at our house from, from France. And uh, I was upstairs doing something and, and, and and they were downstairs in our guest room and they came upstairs and, you know, with the French accent, I'm not going to do, but they were like, uh, a police just came to your window because, uh, the, you know, they, they walked up and they were like, they wanted to make sure everything was all right. They said, we're not used to seeing this window open on this house. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. Wow. Like, yeah. The cops know my, like I live in a neighborhood now where the cops know my house well enough to know like, Hey, that doesn't look right. Now, yeah. 10, 15 years ago, I'd be like, man, they're violating my rights. But now I have property value. I have investments. I, I want, I, you know, like I want my kids to go to college. I got a 529. Like, yeah. I, yeah. So yeah. your whole perspective changes. I still write about that world, and that yeah. world's still dear to me. But yes, yeah. now I, I belong to a country club, and I want the cops to know what my house looks like. So when I go on vacation, I don't want to be stealing my shit. People yeah. like I used to be. Yeah. People well, like I used to be coming around stealing my stuff. Now I want those people prosecuted. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's amazing to me, right? Like we – I – I have tremendous, tremendous empathy for people who find themselves in the throes of addiction. And I, I'm, I'm pretty much a civil libertarian, right? I, I think 
personally that whatever someone wants to do to themselves in the privacy of their own home, they have a right to do it. I don't have a right to stop them. But at the same time, I also believe that the guy who's supplying them with things like heroin and fentanyl that are going to destroy their life and their family's life, I kind of want to string that guy up, man. Um, And for the, the way that people end up having to live because of, uh, you know, some, some decisions and maybe some biochemistry and some other factors, like uh, aside from maybe just a couple different decision points and a little bit of genes, I could have been you, you could have been me. And, you know, I think that that gets lost. You know, we're, we're, we're people who are all fallible and all trying to, to make a go of this thing. And there is so little difference between us, but there can be such a different outcome. Well, that's the line, right, from The Departed. You know, cops are criminal when you're staring down a gun with different things, right? <laughs> No, you know, and it's funny. I mean, I joke about this stuff because, you know, I just I tend to, to laugh about the 10 years I spent. Well, you can laugh or you can cry, right? Right. You know? And, I mean, it was 10 years I spent, uh, you know, and looking back, you wish you could do this different or that different than you get out and you, my mom died, my brother died. Like, it was oh, just it was sort of that, that stuff. No, I mean, it's just that's how life goes. But, uh, you know, it's funny you say the thing about the, 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 uh, the guys supplying because even that, like – my best friends in that time, mm-hmm. like guys like Gluehead, <laughs> he got his name Gluehead, by the way, not because of dealing drugs, because he had a bad haircut when he was a kid. Okay. They called him Gluehead, which sort of predetermined his life. It's a deal, right? Because what do you do with a name like Gluehead? But he was one of the sweetest, nicest yeah. guys. He was technically my dealer, right? right? But when you say like people supplying, well, drug addicts need the drugs, yeah. so somebody's got to supply them. Yeah. And it, it's a weird, yeah. you know, if you go far enough, far enough back, you know, maybe you get to the Pablo Escobar, those yeah. kind of guys, right? Yeah. But like your average street dealer, yeah. Um, most of those are nice, really nice guys. They're guys yeah. who also They're have habits, addicts right? themselves, and yeah. they have to support their habits. Yeah. So, and you know, Gluehead was a very bad uh, dealer because he would just basically give you drugs, like if you didn't have money. <laughs> so you're like, ah, oh, oh, geez, you know, yeah. kid, I'm, you know, good friend, bad I'm, dealer. I'm sorry, yeah. man. Good, yeah. Great friend, not yeah. the greatest dealer, but uh, yeah. really sweet guy. Played played on my record. He played keyboards um, uh, in my band back in, in back in the day. But no, I mean, those are some of the best friends I ever made. You know, there's a guy Tom Pitts, who um, another one of, of Pam's uh, disciples. Um, who I met, we were junkies together living in a house called Hepatitis Heights. And we were both, you know, skid row, like just ready to die. And when I got out, I looked him up and it turned out that he had gotten out as well. And uh, I was working for a magazine uh, and I got him to submit some stuff. And so like, we're both writers now, both published by the same house, uh, down and out, uh, both have books out. So um, people do get out of that life and people do turn around. Uh, The the thing is, is that when you're living that way, um, you are doing bad stuff. Like we, Mm. You know, we'd steal money. We, you know, I'd write bad checks and like, um, you do bad things to support your habit, and you may have a really good reason, right? Like, right. I mean, your reason's great. Like, I'm, I'm sick. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm starving to death. I'm, right. Yeah. And, and in your mind, that's yeah. that's good enough. In, in uh, but yeah, but you also have to have laws enacting. You know, so I guess I'm, I'm you're kind of pleading my case, not pleading your case. But yeah, I understand yeah. like the perspective of like you can't have people going around stealing shit. Like it's right. just. It's not, yeah. it's not good. So, no. uh, yeah, so you have these lines and these divide, and then, and then later on you, you look back, and I guess every kind of laughs about it. Well, you know, that, that's the thing that was always always so hard for me, right? Like, um, as, as, as a cop, one of the things that I really desperately wanted to be able to do was to help make these guys arrest their last arrest, you know? Um, and... You know, I, I very, very naively didn't understand addiction at the time that, that, that I got started in the business. Um, but, you know, I 
really wanted to try to help these guys get off the streets, get get their life back, help you know reconnect with their family, do all this stuff. And so I, you know, I got I got lied to a lot. <laughs> I fell for a lot of shit, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's sort of yeah, what addicts yeah. do. Uh, yeah, you, you know, know, you can tell they're lying when their mouths are moving. It, um, yeah, you know, but uh, it was uh, it was a, a, a real real education in, in humanity, and um, you know, in uh, in in trying to do you know what you could for for the people well, who are in front of you now. You know, from like the position of, of like a relatively sane person, like, and you're like, well. Dude, stop doing drugs. Like, but when you're in that life, yeah. you are yeah. so immersed. Like, it's not just doing the drug. Like, you can't even think about getting off drugs to get some drugs, right? Yeah. Because yeah. like, you're just a mess. Um, and it requires every ounce of strength. It, you know, there, I remember being in rehab, and the, and the guy, uh, one of the counselors, we, you know, in a group, lots of groups in rehab, and we yeah. have a lot of rehab. So, um, <laughs> but the guy was like, you know how when you're you're strung out and you're sick, you'll walk like 15 miles in the snow. We're all like, yeah, fuck yeah, and like you'll go with no shoes, like to the house. We're like hell yeah, and like well, that's what you got to do to get sober. We're like, fuck that, <laughs> no way. But he was right. That's yeah. what you have to do. You have to. Yeah. Be, and 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 the truth is, like, I spent 10 years, like, in, and I had to take 10 years digging out. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I did it and guys like Tom did it and guys like my brother couldn't do it. And, no, and sorry, it's, man. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's what it is. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really, once you get, you know, you can play around with drugs on the weekend, you do this and a lot of people do that and they stop. But once you cross a certain line, mm-hmm. like that's it, man, you're just, yeah. you're not getting out. I mean, it's something like, you know, the, the relapse rate of, of heroin addicts is, is like 99%. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's horrible. It's, it's pretty, they're pretty bad odds, but you, yeah. know, you get older and you find new ways. You know, I, there's other things I substitute, you know, I substitute golf. I'm a golf addict now, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I'm like, guys, come on, like, I'll suck your dick for a golf. No, I have to, we have to go, like, I really want to play golf. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll call yeah. my buddies, like, come yeah. on, I need a round. Like, and it's the same thing. It comes from yeah. the same part of you that needs, yeah. you know, so you don't really get rid of habits. You substitute them. And, um, and I try to, when I got off the streets, what I substituted really was, uh, was was school that, that that's what wow. i did it and i was fanatical about going to school i was you know the dean's list honor society straight a's like because it was the same thing like i'd, yeah. I'd turn my paper i'd get their feedback and it was the same reaction and it would fill that part of you but i'm, I'm not sure that part ever really goes away whatever that thing is inside of you mm-hmm. um that needs so much because i don't think everyone has it but it, it really is an addict thing you know the piece of shit in the center of the universe like it's it's all about me and i'm not worth it <laughs> I'm yeah. not worthy, and it's yeah. all about me. Yeah, uh, and they all seem it's to so have ironic. It. Yeah, it's also yeah. kind of a lot of a lot of writers have that same thing, which I, yeah. you find a lot of writers who have backgrounds in addiction, uh, yeah. which is you know what else are you gonna do? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> you got to turn turn this into something productive, man. Yeah. You know, and I I would expect then that you know writing something that is that is so close to home, at least you know uh, home to your past and your past experiences. That um, for me, when like I'm writing my crime series, that um, my detective character is doing something that that I've done or had to do or, or or done to me. Like those scenes are always, I mean, they're very authentic, very genuine. They come across that way, but they're also for me sometimes very tough to write. And um, one of the scenes in particular, like it, it was, it was a little bit tough for me to write. And then when I got the audiobook version back from the publisher, like I, it, it even hearing someone else say it, like brought tears to my eyes. It was, it was surprisingly tough. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that I, I still kind of struggle with a little bit and putting that much of my soul out to people for, for yeah. criticism. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what else you can do, right? You, yeah. you, you got to either do it right or not do it at all. Um, and so that's sort of what we sign up for as writers. Uh, because I think, I think readers know when you're holding something back, which makes the job 
you know, a, a writer tougher. And also, like, you know, who's going to read it? How many people are going to read it? What kind of criticism are you going to get? The amount of effort you put in for the amount of payback is kind of it's kind of a really shitty exchange rate. It is, but it's, it's what you got to do. You know. Yeah. So no, I, I tend to write uh, from the perspective of the straight guy. Um, looking into the world of, of the drugs. Uh, the, the Jay Porter series uh, concerned um, a guy who was a, more of a conventional sort of addict and uh, he drank a lot, smoked a lot, but he couldn't understand why people would do drugs. You know, like, yeah. what are you doing drugs for? Just get drunk every night. Um, so, you know, it's, that's, I used yeah. to get that a lot when I was an addict. Like, man, you should stop doing heroin. You should just smoke pot and drink beer. And I'm like, what do you do? Well, I smoke pot and drink beer. <laughs> like, so it's okay if I do the drugs you do. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But I like looking into that, that world from that perspective. But a lot of, you know, the Jay Porter series was really... There were the conversations I want to have with my brother. My brother passed away in November of, of seventeen, and uh, and in the in the books, Jay and Chris Porter are the two are the two brothers. And my brother and I, uh, Josh, uh, conflated those roles most of our lives. He was the good guy, I was the bad guy. He was the bad guy. You know, we go back and forth, um, and and it was almost like we one needed one to be the other. That's how we defined ourselves. So when yeah. he was a superstar, I was the fuck up, and when I, he was the fuck up, I was you know doing really well in school. Um, but yeah, you know, these books are living. You know, the conversations you're having with your audience, the conversations you're having with the people in your life, this con- the conversations you're having with you, there was a really cool, sim- um, you know, sort of a, a moment of, of, of serendipity or, you know, where everything kind of you know, cohesion it came together where my brother died and he left me a letter. And in the Jay Porter book, I needed a letter from his brother and I got to use wow. the letter my brother left me. And But that was that that was brutal. I mean, that was yeah. I mean, every time I read that, I. I'd fall my eyes up, but like I felt like that was in one way, you know, it, you're treading the line between exploiting and honoring. Yeah. But to me, like this keeps my brother alive. Yeah. You know, and 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 that made me feel good. You know, because in in the books, um, you know, that's that's the relationship Jay and Chris have. Uh, you know, so, you know, people people don't really, you know, go as long as you kind of keep them there. And, and yeah. And I, I'm not ready to let them go. I don't think I'll ever let them go. So, yeah. you know, he's stuck. So at, at this point in your in your writing career, what if you can you know jump in the wayback machine? What what advice do you give aspiring author Joe Clifford that well, you know today? Stay in school, me, man. Give me don't fucking be a writer, man. Oh, that's no way. Do something. Do anything else. Go get a job that makes money. No, yeah. man. This is like. You know, you just, you know, it's a Hemingway line, right? Just sitting down, typing and bleeding. Yeah. And the amount yeah. of the amount of effort I put into writing versus the <laughs> the little bit I get back. Yeah. Uh, fuck, man, I could have done anything else. I could have been a yeah. fucking fisherman or something. I could have, yeah. Yeah, uh, to put this much this much of your soul, this much heart, this much effort and passion yeah. into something like, yeah. you know. I, I, for I, a $36 fucking road yeah. check. <laughs> Yeah, it's not even worth driving to the bank. Like you know, last, thank my, God for mobile deposit. My, you know? my, my last realty check, like two two times ago, was like minus one hundred sixty seven dollars. I'm like, how the fuck do I? I'm, like, I'm in the negative. And I and I wrote my my agent. I'm like, I was like, what the? Hell? And they're like, well, let's check the books again. And they sent me a check for twenty two dollars. Like, I just put it on the refrigerator. I didn't even cash. Yeah, like, what am I gonna do with twenty two dollars? I mean, there's yeah. a time I used to do a lot for twenty two dollars. Yeah. but now it's like fucking twenty two dollars. Um, but you know, advances and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's a weird business. I mean, you, you do this because you have to do it. You do yeah. it because you love it. And I'm really fortunate I get to do this for a living. Um, it, it just takes a lot of, you know, you're pulling money from here and you're pulling money from there and you, you know, you're, it's not unlike being a junkie, really. You're sort yeah. of, you yeah. borrow you're from pay back Paul. And yeah. yeah, and I think that's yeah. part, of, part of the reason, um, I, I, I went into this cause yeah, you, you know, you're shuffling things and you're, 
you know, you got audio book, then you get some royalties from that, or then you're doing some teaching gigs, you're teaching at this, whatever, you know, piano yeah. conference, whatever, tax write-offs, mostly tax write-offs, yeah. I always stay alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if the tax code changes again, we're all fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I owe fucking $14,000 this year, I think, something uh, like that. Son of a bitch. Yeah, thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Trump. It's paying it back $22 at yeah. a time. <laughs> How do I owe fourteen thousand dollars? I didn't make any money. How do I owe fourteen thousand dollars? I owe more yeah. than GE. Yeah, this is impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah got to pay for those uh, those banking subsidies. Uh, there somehow. you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got those poor bankers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Scrappy, yeah. struggling <laughs> bankers pulling themselves up by the bootstraps. Somebody's got to. Yeah. Thank you. Thank God we got them. Yeah. So when when you started working on decided you know intentionally you wanted to write you wanted to 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 become a creative writer. Um, how did you go about studying the, the 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 process, the craft? Obviously, you know, have the 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 MFA. Um, that was huge. Yeah, my master's was was. I'm just somebody who I I could never see the causality of writing. Mm-hmm. I could do scene after scene after scene. You know, the Pulp Fiction thing, which is a yeah. terrible example for Pulp Fiction. Actually, has a tremendous cohesion, but on the surface, it looks like oh, it's just a couple of scenes. And I think that's what writers like doing that, like these just quirky little scenes. But nobody gives a shit about your quirky dialogue. Nobody gives yeah. a shit. People read what's happening what's happening what's happening what's going to happen what's going to happen that's how you invest so they don't give a shit how good your prose i mean if you have nice prose that's like you know it's icing that's great yeah. but they read for the story um and i didn't see that i couldn't understand causality um you know that this happens so this happens as opposed to this happens and then this happens so i had a lot of people talking in diners with, with clever dialogue and, and of course <laughs> i didn't get published but the master my masters um in particular lynn barrett was my thesis advisor she's the one who, who hammered it through my head uh, you know, this idea that, that things have to happen. And so once I began writing that way, um, you know, I, mystery, well, that's the other thing. Florida International is, is a school that encourages you to write genre because you make money. Mm-hmm. But mystery also, you know, that's that's just what we do. We, we write for the story. Um, and if you're going to have a big story above sentence, like that's what you do. I mean, I like that both. I mean, I'm a big fan of, I spend, yeah. you know, I agonize over sentences that people probably, you know, they're not going to care. <laughs> but I, I really like just the cadence of language, yes. the rhythm of language, yeah. and, I, you know, musician and all that stuff. But um, the first thing you get down is the story because you know, that's, that's what people are reading. Yeah. Now, what uh, like you mentioned being a, a musician, I meet very few creatives who are one-trick ponies. Almost everybody is a writer and a painter, a writer right. and a musician, a yeah. writer Everything and something else. Everything doesn't give you a paycheck, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just skills <laughs> back to the hustling. Yeah, yeah. right. Much yeah. of skills aren't going to get you any money. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no. You couldn't have, like, oh, I'm, a, I'm a writer and I'm an engineer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Very few of those. No. Yeah. yeah, all the arts. And, and I think if you can do one, you can generally do the other ones because it's it's – you know, it's just changing your medium, right? I mean, it's it's all sort of your, you know, you take in this world, you filter it through your artistic lens and you put it back out. I mean, I went to writing because that seemed to be the area I could, I didn't plan, I, I didn't think books would ever get published, I figured, but I right. could do some writing, you know, technical writing, whatever, mm-hmm. and I have a job and all that yeah. shit, which, which is good, it didn't work out because I, I can't do a job like a nine to five, that I couldn't do it. But um, it, it just so happened that writing worked out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if I had my first choice, I'd definitely be a musician. It's probably my yeah. least, the, my least of my talent is, but I love playing. But know. the most passion. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, I love yeah. you know, writing and, yeah. and piano and guitar and singing, and I have a chance to do some shows, and it's, it's just, it's great, and it makes me happy. Uh, but I mean, writing's a job, man. You, you yeah. sit down, and some days it doesn't work, and some days it, it finally starts clicking, and you're like, oh, God, thank God. But every time you write a book, right, it's the same thing, like, yeah. 
this is a book. This is awful. Who yeah. no one wants to read this? Yeah, I, I have this horrible emotional roller coaster that's become very predictable, right? Like, I ride this thing up at the beginning of this. This is going to be great. This is going to be such a great story. And about two thirds of the way through, this is the biggest piece of shit anybody's yeah. ever read. This okay? Yeah. All right. Now, yeah. now we're back again. You know. Yeah. And um, it's a very. I think it's a very common path <laughs> i yeah. think i think most writers you know they might they might hit the i'm a piece of shit sooner <laughs> they might hit like this is great a little later but yeah. we all do that um, yeah. and somehow at the end you have a book and yeah. it's, it's it's pretty amazing but i think you know it's almost like you know who you are defines who you can be we're talking about bluehead right he's destined, right. To be, destined to be a drug dealer well i mean you know you're destined to be a writer because this is you know you're just one of those people right like yeah. you that's what you, you do intrinsic need, yeah, yeah. You, you, whatever it is like you this guy is not going to be like a uh, secretary of state. That's just not happening. Right? <laughs> like, you know, so, um, and then all paths lead you where you're supposed to go. If you believe right. in that sort of thing. And I, yeah. I guess I do. Um, and so, yeah, I'm a writer, you're a writer and, and uh, you know, for better or worse. And yeah. It's always the hope, right? That's yeah. the nice thing, right? Like yeah. you always get that phone call. My phone's not ringing now, but it could ring later. Like, right. Hey, yeah. by the way, we want to give you a bazillion dollars because yeah. you're a genius. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. But until that moment happens. <laughs> Ma, you were right. <laughs> I yeah. am with somebody. Yeah. See that, yeah. Dad? Yeah. I'm a you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm never should have doubted too. me. Yeah. Yeah, I told yeah. you I had a heart. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and to, to that end, like you know, most uh, most every writer that I know, um, it, almost all of them, with a, a very few exceptions, are, are also pretty ferocious readers and. Um, especially in, in, you know, thrill and mystery suspense genre, I, I would expect whether it's, you know, in TV books or film that you would probably have to have a favorite fictional investigator or cop or PI or revenge artist, somebody that you routinely like to read or at least are favoring right now. I can tell you who my dream girl is, Amy Dunn from Gone Girl. I mean, if I could pick, <laughs> really, I mean, she's fucking, that is, I mean, I read that character, I'm like, Jesus, that's, that's the woman I want to marry because, um. I have intense self-loathing, right? Yeah. And, and I just know she would just, just destroy me, just devour me. And I have this weird thing where, like, I want a woman. Like, so Amy Dunn, uh, uh, it, but she's not next to, uh, you know, an investigator. She's kind of like probably a bad person, but, um, God, I loved her. Uh, yeah. As far as the detectives go, I mean, you know, I started with with Marlowe, I think, like everybody did. Mm -hmm. um, later on, uh, you know, I, I find the, the I like the amateur investigator best. Yeah. Um, just because I want a reason beyond a paycheck that, that they're looking into something, some kind of personal investments. All my characters, yeah. all my books tend to involve the, you know, the amateur PI. Uh, my favorite authors right now are all women. Uh, I'm looking at Kate Hallahan's book yeah. here, which is I just read like the first fucking page, which is just genius. I mean, if that book doesn't blow up, like yeah, I mean, I mean, she's, she's she's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, Wendy Walker, uh, Jennifer Hillier, who I just saw on a panel. Another uh, Paula Hawkins, um, uh, Emily Emily uh, Carpenter, Shannon Kirk. These are all like they're my heroes like yeah. and I, I think i neglected reading women authors for so long that once i started reading i'm like that's all i read now yeah you know? playing catch-up yeah yeah and, and so all my you know i really love domestic psychological thriller i there's just something they bring to the game that i find uh you know uh, men are lacking or man i just get mm -hmm. tired of like oh here's another tough guy pi who yeah. you know drinks all the time and, and i also have a pi who drinks all the time he's, <laughs> he's very sad so it's different and it's cold it where he yeah. is <laughs> 
<laughs> and everything's on fire on the covers. It's all fire. All, everything's on fire. It represents his internal, internal life, which is also on fire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, you, you write what interesting, you know, the work, book I'm working on now, and then I'm writing, I was trying to like, I'm going to write a guy who's kind of normal, regular guy. And it wasn't until I got to the part where the guy is a little weird that I began to like, ah, this, I like, yeah. and that's just yeah. who I am, which one of the knocks I always get is like, God, your characters are so unlikable. But, but the trade-off is, is like, um, I don't like writing regular people. Like maybe yeah. I'm unlikable. I don't know. I mean, I don't have any friends. So I guess, I guess by <laughs> definition, I would be unlikable. No, but I mean, I, I don't find, I don't find like, like the guys, like the regular guys who work the regular jobs and do their regular thing. Like I, great, but like, I'm not hanging out with you, man. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm just not. We have nothing in common. Yeah. Like I always, I gravitate to the weirdos, you know, the outcasts, you know, the marginal. That's those, those the are the characters. Yeah, those are the people yeah. that interest me. So I want to write about that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I do get you do get some brushback from like God. You know, your character's kind of a jerk, and I'm like, well, most people I know, most of the interesting ones are kind of got a little jerkiness to them, and the ones who are really, you know, like what you see is what you get, and they're really, they're either secret jerks. Yeah, or I'm not friends with them. Yeah. Do you want to read a book about Boy Scouts? Yeah. Right. That you know, Dudley Two do people who loved each other very much, and nothing went wrong does not make for great fiction. So, no. uh, but I also realize, I'm sure you realize, is the more you write, is no matter what you write, people are gonna bitch. <laughs> like, like they're gonna complain yeah. no matter yeah. what. Like, yeah. oh, you write, oh, you write a character, but, oh, why wow, you write a guy, that guy? Yeah. Or, you, why you write about that? Well, that guy's gonna. So, I, can't I, make anyone happy. No, I, I released a, a, a free uh, reader magnet that was digital only. It's only ebook. A guy gave me a one-star review and bitched about how many trees had to burn down to make this book possible. I'm like, <laughs> it oh, doesn't favorite. matter. Oh, doesn't I love matter. the one-star yeah. reviews. I got yeah. my favorite one I just got from Junkie Love. A woman stopped reading because I referred to women as having big titties. <laughs> Which is just great. Because uh, here's a guy shooting heroin in his neck and like just but like that. That's that's where you yeah. tap out with yeah. big titties. Yeah. But all right. I mean, yeah, that that's what the problem was. Yeah. yeah. I still yeah. I quote the thing like, what a joke! This guy's yeah. a joke. <laughs> so one of the one of the last questions, uh, out of respect for your time, uh, not because I, I couldn't keep talking to you forever, man, but uh, one of the last questions I always ask all the authors on the show, um, based on that last question, yeah. uh, God forbid it should come to pass, Joe, but if you were to wake up tomorrow and find yourself murdered, yeah. what fictional investigator, assassin, or revenge artist would you want work in your case? Uh, can I flip that over and just say I hope Amy Dunn is the one who? Yes. <laughs> I can think of no better way to go than to die than to make me done. Peace be with you. Right. <laughs> I greatly appreciate you coming down, Joe. Uh, it was fantastic to meet you in person, man, and I, I wish you all the best. Oh, this my pleasure. Fantastic. All right. And, uh, we'll do it again soon. I, I hope so, man. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Writers on the Beat, where crime writers meet crime fighters, a copyrighted broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm your host, Gavin Reese, and this episode's guest has been critically acclaimed and wildly successful author Joe Clifford. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Be safe out there.